Welcome back to another episode of Where's That Tiger podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Westfall. And we've got two special guests today. Um, this week is College Football Mental Health Week. So I brought in two of my friends, uh, Ryan Kane from Hall of Fame Health and Nick Brosette, former LSU great, Baton Rouge famous, I might <laughs> add. Um, and as you all know and uh, love him from being a starboarding back at LSU. So welcome to the show. Welcome, Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Uh, we're going to dive into a bunch of different things, but um, Nick and I talked a lot about yeah. his career and how it's sometimes hard um, transitioning from being an athlete at, yeah. at LSU, whether it's football or or any sport, mm-hmm. and just how he's grown into coming back, yeah. working at LSU now. So um, we're excited to have you. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Oh, um, so yeah, just a, a little bit about my background, my story, and everything else. So, uh, from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, uh, I went to U High School. That's actually on LSU campus. Um, so um, I went there for five years. I started there um, my eighth grade year. Um, so I actually started playing uh, high school football in eighth grade and everything else. Uh, rushed for a thousand yards. Um, so I started getting some, you know, some big time offers and everything else. But um, I always knew that I wanted to stay home. Um, LSU was home for me. I wanted to stay close to my to my family, um, and then uh, I wound up committing here and, and you know coming to school here, and that was uh, one of the biggest blessings in my life and everything else. And um, um, so I played here four years. I uh, played running back. Um, had a good support system and everything else. Um, I really didn't get to play until my senior year. I had to wait my turn. Um, we had some some studs in front of me and everything else, so I just had to uh, you know just refocus myself and everything else because um, I was going through a lot my first three years of college. You know, um, just having my brother my brother passed away before I got to LSU, and um, you know that took a toll on me and everything else. Um, you know, at first I didn't know how to deal with that and everything else, so I was kind of coping in a way and everything. And um, you know, like once my senior year came. Um, I just had to uh, find myself again and things like that. And, um, you know, my last year, my senior year, paid off for me. Uh, I rushed for 1,000 yards. Uh, then went on and played in the league for a little bit and everything else. And, um, you know, now I'm back with the program, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, and so I have Ryan. Because we're ex- excited to announce um, an amazing partnership that Our Lady of Lake, our championship health partner, along with LSU Athletics and Hall of Fame Health, is bringing Tiger Legacy <laughs> Care. And yeah. so that is special and something I want to dive in deeper with you yeah. exactly what all we're going to do with this partnership. But LSU Athletics does a lot for our current student-athletes. For and sure. You felt supported as a current student-athlete here. Yeah. But afterwards, what was that like when you were trying to call on support? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, afterwards it was, it was tough for me because I didn't know what direction to head in. Um, you know, just being a, a athlete, um, I didn't know what was next for me. Um, and I feel like a lot of uh, athletes, you know, uh, after football, um, you know, you know, you, you don't really know what you want to do. Um, you may have ideas, but you don't know what direction to go in or uh, who to ask for help and everything else. Um, you know, like I said, I had a good support system and everything else, uh, especially, you know, with my grandfather. You know, shout out to him. He was like my backbone. Um, so he just like took me under his wing. And, um, you know, he just uh, just guided me and, and showing me the ways and everything else. Um, I would say it just it started by just having positive people around you. Um, that, that's the biggest thing. Uh, I feel like that that helped me and everything. And that speaks a lot to the Hall of Fame health mission, uh, Ryan. If you want to share just a little bit about what we're looking to do and how we're continuing to support our athletes post post their playing career and post graduation. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for having me here. 
Um, excited to be in Baton Rouge and go to a game. Yeah, got to get that Tiger um, yeah, spirit. Yeah, <laughs> and good to meet you in person, Nick. For sure. Um, I think what Nick just shared, right, It's it's uh, there are several topics that come to mind when you think about being an athlete. And a lot of them we think about as fans, um, the pressure that they feel at week in, week out um, to perform in front of 100,000 people live, not to mention who's watching on TV and spending your entire life almost focused on being an athlete um you know when nick shared his story started in eighth grade was his first recollection of of really being serious about sports and takes him all the way through an nfl career um you live and breathe it and a lot of times other parts of your life are kind of pushed aside and as you focus on your mission and i don't want to say it's it's uh, unique to football players but certainly that's who we focus with with uh, pro football hall of fame but I'm hearing identity, right? Yeah. Identity is the thing. So when the career is over, you're still a person. And a lot of times you're stuck going, what is next? And how do I process the end of what was my career and identity? Right. And um, when people are on campus, uh, active student athletes, they have tremendous support here at LSU. And um, you want to continue that. And a lot of times the struggles don't happen until they've left. And so our partnership allows us to provide additional resources to the former players right. in 20 plus sports, not just football. So they, when they feel disconnected, they feel confused. They have all these emotions going on about their career being over and what's next. We have a 1-800 number they can call dedicated to LSU, uh, former student athletes, and we can connect them with mental health providers. Yeah, and that's what we're really excited about. This podcast as well, Where's That Tiger? It's not just their career as an athlete. That's why we're bringing former athletes back to share yeah. their career and their life post post their athletic career. Um, I know you've talked with teammates and right. you've had conversations with – at one point it's all super exciting. Hey, man, what you doing next? Where, where are you off to next? Right. But then sometimes those conversations can turn to yeah. real-life problems. Yeah. Um, you know, just having my former players back and everything else, uh, the guys that I played with, uh, big examples, you know, Garrett Brumfield, you know, we always communicating, uh, just trying to figure out what's next and everything else. Um, you know, I just I, I love having the guys around and seeing what, uh, what they're doing now and, um, you know, anything I can help with the players that I played with and, and the players even before me, you know, um, I would like to, um, you know, uh, my title is Director of, of Alumni Relations. So, um, you know, I'm just glad to be here and, 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 and support all the former players that played here. Yeah. It's exciting that Our Lady of the Lake has put um, such a big emphasis on care for our current student-athletes, but showing that support right. for post-grad. We're the first university to do this. Um, it's been awesome to work with Ryan on how we can provide that care. Um, we've partnered with Alan Fanica, DJ Chark. Talk about some of those other athletes that you've had the ability to touch or their passion for for uh, the care that we're going to provide. Yeah, I think it's important to talk about the players that we have involved because, um, you know, peer support is a big deal when it comes to mental health. Mm -hmm. That, number one, you feel like you're not alone, that this yeah. isn't something that's unique to you. Um, and Nick brought it up earlier about having a positive support yeah. system around you. So we use former players, in our case, the Pro Football Hall of Famers, to kind of be megaphones that it's okay to not be okay. And you never know if it's a kid, if it's a current player, if it's a former teammate might hear that message and, and in a moment of struggle know it's okay to call someone and ask for help. And so what we're hoping to do is 
um, you know, use this resource for other players to actually get connected with professional help, not just peer support. And so um, over the last year, we've partnered with um, Steve Atwater, um, Charles Haley, Tim Brown, um, just countless uh, pro football players that have come out who have either personally struggled with their own mental health issues or have kids or family members that have had mental health issues. And it's interesting, people that you would never think had them, guys that have pro football Hall of Fame level careers, um, struggled with bipolar disorder or severe anxiety before games where they couldn't eat or sleep. And when they come out and share that, it's really empowering for someone that's currently going through it. And so our hope is to not only have the resources through the 800 number to help people, but also to destigmatize the whole idea of asking for help. Yeah. Um, and you just mentioned family. We're not just going to take care of our former athletes, but their family as well. Yeah. Nick, when we talk about time, that time when you realized when the XFL wasn't going to go on and that, yeah. that moment, I, I love when you talk about that because fans don't know that mm -hmm. moment yeah. and how that affected you and your, even your family right. beyond just you. Yeah, you know, just uh, speaking about like the XFL, you know, uh, so we was actually in the middle of our season. Um, we we played five games, and um, so we was on. We was I think we was about to come to Houston to play the the Houston team and everything, and then that's when COVID happened, and you know it shut down everything. So um, the XFL sent everybody home, um, and they but they told us to stay ready and everything else, and it was gonna bring us back. Well, you know the league went bankrupt and everything, and um, after that, <laughs> you know I I really didn't have no idea what to do, you know. Um, so I just took the rest of that year just to think about uh, what I wanted and everything else uh, moving forward. And um, so I decided to go back to my old high school and, uh, and coach football. And um, I, I loved it last year, you know, just being around those kids and everything else. Um, you know, they, they actually, you know, um, they, 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 they brought the best out of me and everything else. Uh, just enjoying my knowledge, uh, well, giving them my knowledge and uh, just being around them every day. It was, it was, it was you know, uh, it was upbeat for me. Uh, it was keeping me on a positive note and everything else. And, um, you know, that was one of the biggest blessings of my life. And, you know, just uh, now it led, me, it led me back to LSU. Yeah. I think it's cool you can find, like, that was therapeutic to you. Right. And so people can find therapy in different ways. For sure whether it's their job, whether it's you don't know what to do, a yeah. teammate, a friend. Um, and that's something that's a part of this benefit that we're going to offer. Right. It's just the biggest thing, you know, just coming out and just asking for help. I feel like a lot of athletes, you know, just uh, hold it in and, and don't say anything and just try to uh, do everything on their own and stuff. You know, I was, I was, I was one of those guys, you know. Um, but, you know, just you just have to be around positive people and just, you know, when you need help, just, you know, ask someone. And, um that's that's you know the good thing about having a good support staff and a uh, support system. Yeah, a lot of the um, personality traits that made athletes successful actually hold them back once their careers are over. Um, it's something we've noticed, and you know, think of things like aggression mm -hmm. or uh, that self-starter mentality right. um, that have served you very well to get to the peak of of your career. When you're talking about mental health. Uh, it implies that there's something wrong in your brain that's not clicking correctly. And it's not that you're a bad person or it's a character flaw, it's just something's not working. And to think that you can use that same brain to fix your problem is sometimes a little hard for an athlete, especially to understand that you can't just power through this thing. And it's a, it's a lesson in powerlessness. And 
um, what our hope is that, you know, we have people that have their hands reaching out saying, let us help you. And um, we've helped countless number of athletes. And again, this is all through the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And what we're excited about with LSU is that this is the first major university to partner with us on this initiative. And, you know, much like we talked about with Baton Rouge and, and the services you have for the current student athletes, it's I like to think of it as a nice little bubble that of, of love and support and uh, anything you need, you've got help with here. When you graduate and your career's over and you scatter to the wind and move to Texas or California or Florida, wherever you, you end up after your career's over and you graduate, um, a lot of times that can be very isolating. And yeah. we, what, one thing we know about mental health is isolation is a problem. And um, what, so we're trying to keep everyone connected in the community. The L Club is a great opportunity. Uh, to be part of a of a membership to continue um, staying connected to your former teammates and you know what we hope is that this mental health tool can just be a complementary part of being part of the L Club. Yeah, the L Club. The mission is providing opportunities to our former athletes. We uh, career advice, connections, bringing them back to campus. But this was the final piece to me and to a lot of our board members and different former athletes that I've talked to because yeah. you like you said it was it is a bubble and they're taking care of here but we say once a tiger always a tiger we say forever LSU but this is that missing piece the tiger legacy care um, and this partnership is truly bringing it full full picture for me yeah well thank you all so much for joining me um, we're gonna tune in with Alan Fanica next episode and um, talk to him a little bit about his support of the program too um, we are excited to have you both here and in Baton Rouge with the Tiger Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe wearing purple and gold tomorrow. Purple and gold tomorrow yeah, all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Nick, thanks for joining us. Next up, we'll have Pro Football Hall of Famer and LSU great Alan Fanica. Stick with us on Where's That Tiger podcast. We're back on Where's That Tiger podcast. I got my co-host. You know him. You love him. JV, Justin Vincent. And we are joined with Pro Football Hall of Famer, LSU great, Alan Fanica. Welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Definitely, definitely. So you were enshrined in 2021, and... It's been exciting. We had Ryan Kane with us earlier, and so he works with Hall of Fame Health. Um, and all of the different things that are involved with Pro Football Hall of Fame, that's got to be exciting to be a part of that brotherhood. And what has that kind of meant to you, the different avenues you've gotten to? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's been great. Um, just the couple of doors that have opened and the opportunities to – uh, whether it's just to you know visit with military or or to uh, help a help a cause, yeah. uh, have been great. Uh, on top of uh, just being able to, to fellowship and hang out with all these guys that I idolized and, and watched uh, right. growing up, and now I'm sitting down next to Mike Singletary having lunch, you know, shooting the breeze, <laughs> talking about his days versus my days uh, is just uh, amazing. It uh, it's very reminiscent for me as a player. Uh, my first Pro Bowl I made was like a huge like accomplishment and like stepping stone. Right. And I'm in the room and in uh, the very first night at the Pro Bowl, there's like a big meeting with both teams in one room. And you're just kind of like looking around. And you're like, man, this is Jerry Rice, like three seats over over there. You know, all these guys <laughs> like that, man. It's just like a like a wow moment. So it's, it's pretty special yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, 
obviously want to dial back into your LSU days. So for for me, you know, somebody who watched LSU from afar before I got here, obviously your redshirt freshman year was 94. Um, you know, going back and kind of diving into your career because I really wasn't kind of following football that much then. And I'm looking at some stats and I see you graded out at like 92% in the season opener against Houston. Um, you actually saved a, a, a return for a fumble. Um, and just to, to your career, for, for you to watch you elevate every single game, every single year, and overall in your career out of 210 snaps, I think you graded out 92% out of 210. And, I mean, that's, that's pretty out there. That, that's a stat that is staggering, and not too many kids can say they've done that at, uh, at a high profile. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I always, uh, you know, always look back on my time here at LSU with just amazement and just awe and just um, uh, reverence for for my brothers that I, that I have become my friends that have become my brothers uh, and the things we did on the field and, and the the football player I became while I was here. Um, you know, you're talking about you know stats and numbers. Uh, I, I've always prided myself on on being better. You know one week, uh, the next week better than I was the last week and just compounding those days um, and just and just putting the work in, right? Just putting the work in and not letting uh, those moments or days slip by to, uh, to get better and improve. When did that transition happen from you from guard to tackle? Was that, a, was that something that eventually came over, they saw it in the NFL, or you came on your back in your career here? Um, you know, it was a little bit of both. You know, they, I think the coaches saw that I was able to, to, to kind of fill in at either spot. Um, you know, I was even taking snaps at center. Um, uh, you know, during the week, I was always the emergency center. Uh, I didn't really like it. They kind of had to force me to, uh, <laughs> uh, to get in there. And, you know, funny story. Uh, so we're in the Super Bowl. We're in Super Bowl 40. Um, our starting center, Jeff Hardings, has, uh, has kind of been nicked up for, for several weeks now. And our backup center's on the kickoff return, and he gets hurt. He's done for the game. He's out. Russ Grimm, who's my O-line coach, turns to me, and he tells me, he said, you got to go get some snaps because Jeff – It's time. It's time. <laughs> Jeff, our starting center's kind of hobbling around a little bit on the sideline. He tells me to go get some snaps. I don't budge. I'm like, uh-uh. Not in the Super Bowl. I'm not taking my first live, live in-game snaps. Uh, so uh, he finally turned around again, and he's like – you know, it gives me to look like, you know, get your you-know-what down there. And I'm like, all right, man, I go down there. I'm sitting there just like this next to Ben uh, Roethlisberger. Yeah. And I, I'm on the other side of the, uh, the field where they sit, and I'll never go down there. And he looks at me, and he's like, what's going on? And I tell him, and he gets up and throws his hands up in the air and goes, oh, no, hell no, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> And I was like, good, that's good for me. I'm going, I'm getting out of here. Went down there and said, he don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, we're going. Went out there on the field. Uh, we have a TV timeout. The very next one, I tell Jeff, our center, I said, just snap the ball. I will take care of everything else. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, when you're talking with your teammates, you know, it goes from talking football, talking about the glory days, to what are conversations with your teammates like now, your brothers? and Oh, man. Uh, you know, what, what's your boy up to today? How'd the game go last <laughs> night? Uh, you know, uh, what, what, what schools are they though. looking at? You know, so it, it changes. It changes a lot. Um, you know, it's one thing uh, we did as an offensive line when I was here, that transition from uh, spring semester to summer semester. Right. We always got about a week or two weeks off uh, from uh, lifting. So we always went on a fishing trip every, every, okay. every year. 
And, you know, we continued that every year for, for several years. And, you know, now it's kind of like every two years or every three, we're like, all right, you know, we got to do it. We haven't done it in a while. So, uh, you know, we get together and we do those. We had one uh, last year. We went fishing down in Grand Isle for two days. And, uh, you know, we're telling stories and just reliving the good days and talking about where we are in life. And, uh, you know, it's just a brotherhood you'll never leave. Yeah. When you're back on campus, what are the, the must-sees, the things that you're like, oh, I got to go to? Oh, man, you know, we went to the Chimes last night. Uh, you know, that was a, a must-stop. Uh, but, you know, just bringing my kids around and, and showing them, you know, we go see Mike and see the Habitat and, uh, you know, showing them, uh, you know, this is where I had math class and all yeah. that stuff. You know, it's just cool. They they soak it in. You know, my, my daughter's a junior. My uh, son's in sixth grade. and They're, they're okay. both already enrolled here as far as they're concerned. So, Good. Uh, Good. That's what I was going to ask next. <laughs> yeah. You, and where you met your wife. Yeah, you yeah. You get to relive those days. Relive those days. <laughs> yeah, no math class or English class. Sorry, English class. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. To see to see the transition from, you know, an adolescent to getting to live out your dreams, to it all coming to a halt. You know, to say it's time to retire, time to hang up the cleats. Um, I know for myself, obviously, my career was 100% different than yours. But to know, you know, this is probably going to be my last year. Like, what's what's the next journey? What's the next step? Like, what went through your mind? Because obviously you retired and, and you wanted to uh, basically start chapter two. So how did that how did that come about? Yeah, you know, it was it was harder for me. It was harder for me to allow myself to retire than it was to retire, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. So it was harder for me to say I can walk away. And then once I came to that conclusion, it really wasn't that hard for me to walk away. Because uh, I was, it was just, like you said, it's a, to walk away, right? It's yeah. like you can never kind of really, you, you can, but you can't yeah. come back, right? Yeah. Uh, so it really took, it was really harder for me to do that, to just allow myself, say that something I've been doing since I was eight years old, you know, getting ready for football every fall, uh, training is something I can just walk away from. Um, but it was right. It was the right time for me. Um, it was, you know, it was time to do other things in life. And, you know, I'm still trying to find what those other things in life are. You know, I bounce around from here to there. I'm coaching high school football now. Uh, just enjoying it, doing it and, uh, you know, still searching. I think we're all we're all always still searching for who we are, you know, no matter where we are in life and uh, at age or whatnot. Yeah. So I'm coaching my son's flag football team and it's oof. These videos are amazing. Oof. He shows yeah. me. Yeah, it's 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 something that I never envisioned because I have to catch myself. They are six years old, yeah. yeah. So I have to kind of catch myself. But you know, in, in in a perfect world, I would think for somebody who was able to live out their dreams, for you to pass on your knowledge to the next generation and let them understand that it didn't just you coming to practice and doing what I tell you to do is doing stuff when nobody's looking, doing the extra yeah. stuff because you can just play a game, but do you actually love the game? Because Correct. that's one of those things you got to find out early on in your career, I think. Mm. And a lot of kids don't really understand that until they get to college because it puts you in a position where you're not playing football anymore. This is what you do. And Correct. either you're all in or you're not. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, in coaching high school football, there's there's kids on both sides of that, right? There's kids that are just here for, yeah, good, for time. good times. <laughs> and it's, it's high school. I'm being, I'm going to dress out on Friday and play and, you know, do that. And then there's, there's the kids that are looking for the next level. Um, and, you know, some of those kids, like you said, they don't really realize it yet either. And that, I try to give them little little bits and little pieces and, you know, I nudge them a little bit harder because I know what their goals are. 
And, uh, you know, so it's just about trying to make that connection, I think, and try to let them understand, you know, what is on the other side. And, um, you know, you might be the big boy here on this field, but you're not really competing against this field or this town. You're really trying to you're, you're combating, uh, combating against the entire country trying to get that scholarship to that school that you've just told me you want to go to. I'm like, well, that's going to be hard to get to. Yeah. And you're going to have to work hard and, you know, do some of the things that you might not really believe now right like you're you know you might be 255 right now but you know at the next level you need to be like 280 yeah. <laughs> and so there's a big difference between that and uh you know trying to get that across in the best manner is always it's not a struggle but it's always intriguing always you know trying to find a different angle to to manipulate and get get, get a kid to understand yeah right have you seen witnessed like a kid where you just see it switch for them and it turns on and that mindset of this is next or this is the career or not yet? Uh, I have not really seen that um, per se on the football field. Okay. Uh, but when you say switch, that's funny. So my, my youngest, Penny, who is okay. uh, seven, I literally have the moment. She's into all kind of sports and she does field hockey and soccer. But I literally have it on camera. You know, you know when they're soccer and they're little, they just kind of herd around. Yes, you know? yes. And they all follow it. Yes, yeah. So, so they're doing that, and we're like, "Get the ball, Penny! Get the ball!" And then she finally just jumped in there and stole it. And she was like, "You, you can see I got it, it switch." She's like, "Oh, I got this now!" So literally, like the second <laughs> half of the game, she scored like six goals and was like chasing the ball, and everybody else was hurting, and she was attacking the ball. And I was like, "Wow, I got that on film." I yeah. love that. You see, when seeing those moments, I, I think are pretty unique for somebody like myself, who's a, who's a young father, and for my son, who didn't really care too much about sports, and not that I'd have been upset anything, because academically or athletically, you got to find a way to get in college because I'm not paying for it. So, I, I to see him go out there the first game, and when he scored, it was over. It's over. Like I can't stop him. Like I couldn't beg him bribe him to watch football with me if he's up in his room and there's a game on monday night football he's watching before he goes to bed like yeah. he is like dialed in to the point now where it's kind of like all right let me not be that dad do your thing <laughs> <laughs> just going about your business yeah but yeah it's 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 so awesome to kind of see once your kid kind of turns that switch on or just any kid especially the ones that you're mentoring and coaching to see him when the when that bulb turns on and say you know what i can do this i am pretty decent if i put in the work um, I think that's probably more uh, satisfying than anything. It is. It is. You know, I was uh, I got a chance to meet Coach Kelly last night, and we were talking a little bit about coaching and uh, finding ways to to connect. And, and we we spoke about. It. I was like, you know, it's always interesting. Um, you know, you find the one thing that a kid when he's like, he goes, "Oh, that just made that real easy," and I really kind of dominated right there. And you kind of catch their ear for the next time. You give them a bit of information. They're really a lot more receptive and, and more eager to learn something now that they finally made the connection and, and, you know, were able to do what you've been coaching them maybe for a couple of weeks to do, and they pulled it off, and now all of a sudden you got their attention a little bit more. Definitely. That's cool. I feel like coaches have had such an impact in so many athletes and everyone's lives growing up. So besides coaching, what's next? Anything on the horizon that – or a bucket list item? You know, man, my bucket list items I still fight with uh, every day. Um, uh, the two biggest ones is when I retired, I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. 
Okay. Uh, I, I get to the F chord, which is really, you know, like a whole lot of, like, it's really hard. And I get to it, I get mad, and I put it in the corner for a month, and then I come back to it a month later. Uh, and my other one is, is woodworking. Uh, my grandparents were both in uh, woodworking and always wanted to, never had the time. And I got tired of fighting for space in the garage, so I went and rented a little space. And oh, yeah. I, I, got, I got my equipment all set up, but uh, I just don't have enough time to find my way over there That enough. must be an old line thing because – I went to Todd's house the other day to go. Obviously, he has that six millimeter yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, wood work, uh, wood shop, and I go over there, and it's like there's wood for days. I'm like, he is like dialed in. That is his deal now. That it, and bucking bulls. It, it so, is. Yeah. Uh, it is funny how he turned that into you know built the house, and all of a sudden it turned into a job. Yeah, now, now he <laughs> thinks he's uh, Bob the Builder. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. My dad's in construction, and so I always am trying to craft and build new projects. And I was like, I need a jigsaw. I was like saying all these tools I need. He was uh-huh. like, No, you do not need those. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> yeah, we'll build up to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay, well, I'm glad to have you back. Let's go cheer on the Tigers. Let's do um, it. And we'll just keep following you along. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on Where's That Tiger podcast. Tune in next time. Whether you've got tickets to the game or not, you've got to get down to Baton Rouge. From the tailgates and watch parties to the stadium seats themselves, there's nowhere else to be than right here for game day. Go to visitbatonrouge.com to plan all your weekend festivities.